This is living the dream. You've got to work in the trenches. you got to pull cables. My name is Rich Baker, and I get to talk with the rare few who make their living in the world of entertainment. Maybe my best, uh, I'm best suited behind the camera. Huge thank you to Phil Ranta and the Comedy Podcast Network. And in sports, because you're going to lose your weekends, you're going to lose your holidays. Thanks to Tom Burns for the artwork. Thank you, Diana Lawrence, for the original music. Yes, I am the executioner. The visionary <laughs> and the executioner, so yeah. So. Check us out on iTunes. Leave us a comment. Rate the show. It'd be great. Helps me get the word out there so more people can listen and that helps me and makes me smile 14 10 14 days in a row for 75 bucks a game barely paying for gas facebook.com slash living the dream podcast pictures of everyone that we've interviewed suggestions for other podcasts if you want to see about what to listen to all kinds of stuff and at that point it was like thank you starbucks when i'm done making coffee in the morning living the dream podcast at gmail.com if you want to email me and, and maybe we're just lucky that way in this market but we all work together really well so Today's show features director of entertainment and productions for the ballpark at Arlington for the Major League Baseball Club of the Texas Rangers, Mike Cruz. Living the dream, my name is Rich. I'm with Mike Cruz here. Mike Cruz, uh, thank you, first of all, for coming on the show. Absolutely. Uh, you're the director of entertainment at the ballpark at Arlington. Uh, is that right? It's it's very close. Uh, the title has kind of gotten a little bit bigger lately as, as we've expanded our production department. So uh, to stroke my ego a little bit, it's actually Director of Ballpark Entertainment and Productions. So, Director of Ballpark Entertainment and Productions. And Productions. And, and in a gist, if you could describe it succinctly, what does that mean? Well, basically, um, that means that uh, I, I work every game as uh, the Director of the Control Room. Uh, we oversee a staff of about uh, 13 to 15 employees on a game night that are working in some capacity, whether camera people, uh, video clip playback, directors, uh, you know, uh, engineers, just different people that are working on the game day crew. Um, and uh, those, those people are just freelancers that come in to work game nights or, or days. Um, and then the production side of it is that uh, we just uh, recently, my boss has had a vision to uh, have uh, Texas Rangers Productions as sort of the hub of, of all things um, video and audio production-wise for the Rangers and really hasn't had the staff to do it for a long time. But uh, with the install of the new control room last year with the new video board, our staff has increased. Um, my, my position exists thanks to that new video board out there. Wow. Um, but we brought on two more people uh, last off season, so we've got a staff of basically three editor producers, as well as essentially two creative directors. If you count myself and my counterpart over on the marketing advertising side, um, and so we oversee all the production for be it foundation events, um, press conferences any of that stuff that has to go onto the FTP for media to get, all the stuff that we produce for uh, for the scoreboard, all the things that people see on game nights on the video board, uh, a lot of, most of the television commercials as well are all produced and shot by our guys. Uh, so there's a lot of things to oversee um, as far as productions. So so like I said, with my, with my counterpart over on the marketing side where uh, – we kind of tag team that and run run the production department as well. Really, we all kind of consider ourselves on the same level since we're all just producers at the end of the day. But uh, I get to deal with the paperwork, so <laughs> unfortunately. So, but that's that's uh, that's kind of it's an evolving evolving process since the job really the production department just got created in the off season. So we're three months into running a new production department. So there's a lot of stuff that's kind of evolving still there. So you're basically the guy. Like as far as anything video that has to do with the Texas Rangers or the ballpark in general, that's you. Yes, that that's what I have been put in charge of. Now I will say that my boss, um, 
is is a, is definitely a. I mean, he wouldn't necessarily want me to say this, but he's basically somewhat of a legend in the ballpark entertainment business. Uh, and that's Chuck Morgan. He's the PA announcer. If any, if you've been to uh, you know a game at uh, Old Arlington Stadium, even or pretty much anything that's uh, with the exception of one year here at uh, Rangers Ballpark in Arlington, that's the voice that you hear over the PA system is my boss. So the guy the, who says, like, batting next, yes, that's him? Yes, that's my boss. He has the ultimate creative say over what goes to the video board. And and But basically, my job on the game days, while he still has the, the absolute final, you know, top line, we either do or don't run something, it's my job to make sure that when he calls for something he wants to see this video or he wants to see this on the screen, that it's in my job to take that and execute it with the people in the room so that he doesn't worry about that. But he still creates all the logs and determines the actual programming. But then I'm sort of the technical execute on the plan guy. So so Chuck is still definitely the visionary, let's say. Actually, he prefers visionary, I think, rather than <laughs> uh, rather than legend. Who wouldn't? But, uh, but yeah, so Chuck is sort of the visionary, and I'm I'm basically the guy that's sort of the second-hand guy, the, the second guy that's the executor of the plan. So, so yeah, so there's... You're the uh, executioner. Yes, I am the executioner. The visionary <laughs> and the executioner. So, yeah, so that's kind of a fun way to put that. Just like but, old England. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, and by, I forgot to mention, we are coming at this podcast being recorded at the ballpark at Arlington, courtesy of my crews letting me yes. in, which is kind of a boyhood dream come true for in, me. Yeah. I'm like, in the, con- <laughs> in the confines of an old tape closet. In, a, that in an my old office. closet, but I, <laughs> I'm at the ballpark when there's not a game going on behind the scenes nonetheless, so I'm very happy about that. Uh, so your position, uh, as far as like in any given sports market, really there's only one of you per team. Yes. Is that right? Yes, and that it does it does make the job unique. Um, and that when you try to explain what you do to, uh, you know, to people that ask, well, what do you do for the Rangers? Well, you know, I work on video board production and generally they kind of leave it at that. If, if somebody's really curious about it, you know, you can, there's obviously plenty to talk about, but yeah, it's in any given market. And of course, Dallas Fort Worth being a large sports market, there are, you know, a larger number of these jobs in the market, but you're right. There's really only one. You know, if you count all video production guys, there may be two or three. But yes, it's a. If you say you've got five major league sports teams in the market, you've probably got five to ten of these positions. Wow. So you really, you know, for me, it's been, you know, even when I was with FC Dallas before I came to the Texas Rangers, it's it's just really for almost any production position, as I'm sure you know, it's about being in the right place at the right time and knowing the right people, and that's you know that's. I'm not going to sell myself short. I'm good at what I do. Oh yeah. But it's also I've been in the right place at the right time, and I've known very good people who have who've always put in good words, and and just you know I I consider myself really lucky to be where I am. So, did you want to be? Did I mean I know you're a big sports fan. Uh, FYI, Mike and I went to college together, and we both studied radio, TV, film, and he's actually using his degree. <laughs> so good job there. Uh, one of the few that I know. Uh, but did you know, like, even as a kid, being a huge sports fan that you are, that you wanted to work in sports in some way? I, I did, and I think that my original thought was that I wanted to be in front of the camera. You know, I mean, pretty much like any kid, you want to be, like, the announcer. You want to be the guy that's, oh, I'm at every game. I'm doing the Super Bowl. But... um I believe that you and I had a trial by fire one day at a football game. <laughs> and that, yeah. uh, I think after that I realized maybe my best uh, I'm best suited behind the camera in the control room, you, you know. You were much better than I was, <laughs> if I recall. <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. Now, I'm not going to say that wasn't fun because that was definitely fun. But if people had any idea, 
the sheer amount of stuff that's going on behind the scenes when the camera is not on the people in the production booth that you've got, you know, I mean, granted, if you're around the team and stuff longer than we were, where it was just kind of like, who, you know, I know the quarterback of the football team, but I have no idea who the fifth string, you know, offensive lineman is. Yeah. You know, people have no idea. You've got to have cards and information on anybody and everybody that could possibly come into the game for, you know, to be informative to the fans, to anybody that's watching. And then, I mean, if the game slows down, you got to have you got to have something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, and for us, it was like, well, gosh, what, who are, we're radio, TV, phone guys. We're not necessarily sports guys. We don't have to. So there's just so much research and everything involved in it. And admittedly, where we were probably wouldn't be, you know, if we were professionals in the business, we'd have a little bit more working knowledge. But there's there's a lot of stuff that goes into being able to, you know, provide fans the information and the quality of stuff that they're used to watching it television broadcast and I think it wasn't that I didn't feel that I could do it but I, I kind of realized at that point it was like you know what I actually I enjoy both sides of it mm. but I feel that my my avenue and and the best my best way to get into the business was going to be behind the scenes and uh you know obviously it was it was a good choice so well yeah I mean you're here yeah and De- you're in a closet <laughs> yes, my choices led me to a closet, a tape closet at the ballpark in Arlington. But I think it, I think it's a wise, it was a wise choice because it's, it's, it's been good for, you know, it's been nice to have that stability and, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I think pretty much you have to be a former athlete or be, you know, the son of a previous famous announcer if you're going to get into the talent side of things. But, uh, yeah, you just got to be in the right place at the right time to be here in a tape closet, and I'll, and I'll definitely take that. Yeah. Uh- so when you went to college, uh, did you kind of have that mindset of like, I'm going to go be in radio, TV, film, and then I'm going to parlay that into sports? Yeah. I mean, it's not, it, it wasn't where I started, but when I, when I f- finished, um, I guess my, my four year trip through community college in San Antonio, <laughs> I, I finally decided on RTVF my last, you know, two two years before I said, you know, I was, I was in community college cause I was like, I don't know what I want to do. So I spent a couple of years just taking basics and figuring out what it was that I finally wanted to do. And when I decided that it was going to be RTVF, I was looking around at all the markets and seeing like, you know, what schools would be good. And, and I was looking for stuff with sports broadcasting because I thought that that would be, you know, that would be a real fun thing to do. Like I loved the production side. I loved audio production, which was originally what I, what I kind of wanted to do. Um, but I also love the sports side of it. And so when I went looking for places to transfer to do RTVF, I wanted to find a place that had some opportunities to do sports. And um, quite honestly, I chose TCU because um, I got I, I got a partial scholarship and they had one sports broadcasting class. Yeah. But it was close, and I thought, you know what, I could. This is a great opportunity. I really need to take advantage of the fact that, you know, I got I've got some money from the school, and and you know, they want me to go there. And and as it happens, that's the semester that they got the sports production truck. Like I had no idea this was coming, but mm-hmm. the semester that fall that I get there, I find out. Oh, by the way, we got a sports production truck, and now we're going to have a full fledged sports broadcasting program. And so it was kind of like, wow, this was just again just being in the right place at the right time just dumb luck that i that i came to a school where you know if i had chosen to go to university of texas i'm going to spend a year or two doing theory before i even get to touch any equipment just because there's so many people yeah. or is it a small private university like tcu you know 
hey, we got a sports production truck. Guess what? You guys are doing football that fall. Yeah. And bam, there we were working in a production truck in the fall. And so it was just. They even let me in there. <laughs> I know. It was like. I, I don't know. I just wandered in one day and they're like, get on the replay machine. Oh, cool. And there you go. Exactly. All of a sudden you're doing sports. And it's like so many people would kill for that opportunity. It was just a great, you know, like I said, just a great, a great chance there. And then we were, you know, some, a few of us were the first sports broadcasting program people that had ever you know existed at TCU I I always um, kind of joke with people that I'm uh, up until this past year where they re rebrought or they brought back the sports broadcasting program away in, in a much bigger and better way so I'm excited for the kids that are over there um, that I was really the only person that ended up following through on the full sports broadcasting track so my um, the graduation program from TCU for that year just had, you know, I, I don't even think it said RTVF. I just think it said sports broadcasting and nobody else in the degree program or in the program yeah. had that. And I was like, well, that's, that's pretty awesome. So, um, but, but yeah, they, I mean, it, again, it was just like, oh, look, they've got a sports broadcasting class. And then there was a program and a degree plan. And it was like, this is, this is perfect. So, yeah. and knowing all the opportunities up in the Dallas Fort Worth market, you know, I mean, we were already working minor league. We were working for the Rough Riders when they just started, you know, driving between Fort Worth and Frisco, like 14, 10, 14 days in a row for 75 bucks a game, barely paying for gas. It was, I think it was actually 50 bucks a game because we were just like, you want to work? Yeah, we want to work. Let's go. Where do we have to drive? You know, Denton, Austin, let's go. You know, yeah. and so we, you know, in traffic back then from Frisco to Fort Worth was awful. We'd spend two and a half hours in the car trying to figure out <laughs> making up games to pass the time and just sitting in traffic. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it's a great market for sports and it was just a really good opportunity. And, you know, like I said, just the right place at the right time for that one. So let's walk through the, uh, the progression. So it's like you're at TCU, you're in sports broadcasting, you're working the TCU games. Uh, the football games and stuff through the truck and then you get you know a job with the Frisco Rough Riders mm -hmm. and then you move from there to FC Dallas right yes well what I had done was as soon as I graduated most of my freelance work that I was doing was up in Frisco with the Rough Riders with the Texas Tornado Junior and are you doing like camera work or uh, it was a little I was doing mostly replay and I was kind of slowly working into doing some directing and some stuff like that on occasion I would produce again you know from not not for the Rough Riders but for like Junior A hockey it was kind of easy to you know I knew a couple of people there and they knew what I was doing and you know just the more you work the more opportunities you get there. So I, you know, I would direct some and I would produce a game or two here and there with the, with the tornado. But since that's where all my work was, as soon as I graduated from TCU, I immediately picked up and moved to Frisco and I started working Starbucks in the morning. Cause I mean, even though I'm definitely not a morning person, it was, you know, it was, I could have a basically a part-time job with full benefits and a steady paycheck, but that still let me get done in time to then, go and do these evening gigs, including working some with the Mavs and the Stars. Um, at the time, I was still doing mostly in-house jumbo scoreboard stuff, but was also slowly starting to work into the rotation on the television broadcast as a tape operator. Um, but as it so happens, that's that, that fall is also when um, FC Dallas or the Dallas Burn rebranded as FC Dallas and moved from the Cotton Bowl up to a brand new facility in Pizza Hut Park um, up in Frisco. And so I, the person that I had worked with originally at the Tornado went up to be marketing and uh, communications up with FC Dallas. And so I originally tried for the producer job there 
but they gave it the, again just another set of circumstances the Dallas Stars that was the the fall that the NHL had locked out yeah. so a lot of the Stars employees were looking for something to do so FC Dallas poached a lot of them and took advantage of the fact that they were out of work to start off the new team or basically the rebrand and everything and a new stadium and all that stuff up in Frisco and then later that uh, later that winter, the Stars came back, so all those guys left and went back to working for the Stars. And so because I had already applied for the opportunity, by the time the last game rolled around at the end of that, I think it was the 2005 season, um, my who the guy who eventually ended up being my boss there knew that his producer was going back to the Stars and essentially asked me, said, hey, do you want do you want to do this job? Because if not, I've got to go looking for somebody else. So it was basically mine to turn down. And wow. at that point, it was like, thank you, Starbucks, but I'm done making coffee in the morning. <laughs> I'm going to work full time for a sports team. And so that's, like I said, just right place at the right time for that. You know, the guy who was producing at FC Dallas and then went back to the Stars is a good friend of mine. And, you know, the opportunity was great there and worked there for five years. Had a really good time there and probably would still be there. But you know, like I said, two years ago, they installed a new video board here at the ballpark, and it went from a three-person, four-person operation on game nights to a full-fledged, you know, 13 to 15-person crew with a ton of HD production all of a sudden needed, and they needed somebody, and again, through those connections, I'd, I'd only met Chuck once or twice um, prior to getting the job, but uh, again, my friend with the Stars knew had actually started when the Stars and the Rangers were still together under Hicks. So he had actually started with the Rangers before moving to the Stars. And so through all these connections, yada, 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 I got a chance to talk to Chuck. And, and again, it was basically between me and a couple other people and just the fact that I was local and had good recommendations from a lot of people in the Metroplex, including the video board company who I'd worked with out of Pizza Park you know again the opportunity was there and it really we talked about the rarity of these jobs and yeah. to to be one of essentially 30 people doing this in major league baseball the opportunity was really just too good to pass up and so uh it it seems like even though this is a big sports market you know we have a major team in all four uh, you know, big leagues. I count five. five major league, league soccer. Sorry, my, don't, major don't league diss soccer. my soccer. My, 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 my bad. <laughs> my bad. Uh, it, like it, you've you've worked for everyone, haven't you? Yeah. I've, well, I mean, if I can be so frank, uh, we're we're money whores. We'll we'll take the work. Because <laughs> even though you do the, you're the you're the guy here at the ballpark. You also you were just working Mavericks games. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't do them very often because I've never you know I've 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 been fortunate that my bosses have been really nice and have given me the opportunity to still do some work on the side. And really, I'm more of a backup to the backup everywhere else but they know that i can do the job and i've done it before so i'll help out when people are essentially desperate for work um it's a good you know like i still work tcu football because i mean there's six five to six games you know so it's not like it's taking a huge chunk of my schedule and we're generally done with baseball by the time football is really picking up anyway so i I don't let them interfere when when anything if, if there's even a chance of a conflict with work with my full-time job here at the Rangers, I just don't take it. But it is nice to still have the opportunity to go and do do work with the other teams and, and help them out when I can. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I, st- I still definitely help out Mavs, help out Stars, help out FC Dallas. Um, don't I never have done a lot of work with the Cowboys, but I do uh, help out with some third-party and other random events, work, you know, helped out with the draft party recently over there. But, again, it's such a small, tight-knit community that, you know, 
if the producers, you know, for the Stars and the Mavericks and the, you know, Rangers and FC Dallas, we all know each other. So, and we all know that we're, you know, we all trust each other to do good jobs. So, you know, if, you know, Cowboys need somebody, they'll call me and say, hey, can you come over and help out? It's, we just need this, that, and the other. And, you know. And you call them as well. Yeah, exactly. I can call them. You know, we're, as like I said, it's a real tight-knit community. Uh, it's small, so we work together to help each other out as much because we share a lot of the same freelancers too and we know that sometimes we have to you know barter with each other hey i need this guy on this night and i know you've got an event over there but you know <laughs> it's this shuffling around but we we all work and, and maybe we're just lucky that way in this market but we all work together really well so is this now i know this market you know as far as tv and everything is pretty pretty high up there. i think it's five or six yeah um, it's surprising people don't think about it but it's it's surprisingly large is like is the is the goal for someone in your position like to move up to higher markets you know is is being the guy for the yankees the better job or is it like is this such a good job that i really think that that just it honestly depends on the person i because if you a lot of people i think have have this idea of what it is to work in sports that oh you know i get to go to every game i get to do well you know, that's really great and everything like that until, you know, you realize you have to work every game, you know, yeah. and you're not just sitting there watching it, you know, you're, you're working and, and, and sports, I mean, it's an entertainment industry and a lot of that, you know, a lot of your successes and failures in the business depend on the economy and how people are spending and is your team any good? Is it, are you, are people coming to your games? You know, what's the labor situation in the league? Like those people with the stars back in 05, 06 and with the NBA last year, I mean, those guys don't have a choice as to whether they're working or not. Yeah. You know, the league was in a lockout and the teams have to cut expenses. And you are you're at the mercy of the players and the owners. I mean, that's you really have to love the job to be willing to take those chances because you just never know when the next, you know, labor situation might happen and you're not going to have a say in it. Well, and if I assume that like if you were a freelance camera guy in Seattle and all of a sudden the supersonics are gone, yeah, you're out of you're, a job. Yeah, you're out of a job. I mean, now usually again, you're working with different teams so you've kind of got some but yes, that's 40 games at you know 200 300 400 a game that's just you didn't have a say in it's just gone and there's and you don't have i mean you might be part of a union but i mean there's no recourse because the job is just gone you know you sure, don't have yeah, a lot of say or what to do you just all of a sudden that income's gone which is why being full-time is a nice really nice luxury to have if again if that's your thing but by the same token you still have to understand that as as your team goes good and bad so can your job. So I don't think, I, to get back to the original question, f maybe the Yankees is the ideal job for somebody. Yeah. But you also have to understand what comes with working for the Yankees versus, say, working for the Rangers, where I feel like I've got a very comfortable position here. My boss is fantastic to work for. And at the end of the day, I mean, now we're talking about back-to-back American League champions, all of a sudden, you know, the pucker factor kind of goes up. People are, you got, you know, we're about to, you know, 
set a record of you know nine sellouts in a row wow. and so sponsorship is you know very like oh we got to get this right we got to get this right you know ownership and marketing everything's got to be right so there is more pressure but all in all i mean working with the rangers is great whereas you know like working for the steinbrenners working for jerry jones you know, you, you, you know, you, I got to have a lot of blood pressure medication if I'm going to be doing that. So like for me, this is great because I, I grew up watching baseball. Working Rangers is, is a lot of fun, a lot of great opportunities, but it's also, you know, it's also, I don't think the highest pressure, highest stress environment either. And I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't feel like I've got to be in Los Angeles or New York or Chicago. I mean, like you said, DFW's right up there, number four, number five media market in the country. And you know, I'm, I'm close to a lot of my friends. I'm where I've always lived. I didn't grow up rooting for the Rangers. I grew up rooting for the Astros, but I never hated the Rangers. They're a team that I like, you know, and I mean, of course, they're good now. So it's also, you know, that's that helps making it fun to work for. But, you know, I'm, I'm in a good place. So I don't feel like, you know, I, I don't necessarily have, you know, I, I, I want to build this department and, and build our presentation to make us the best in baseball. I don't think that I've got to go anywhere else to be part of the best in baseball. This is a great place for me. And, you know, again, somebody grew up rooting for the Yankees. Maybe they want the Yankees job. That's, you know, kind of how it goes. Speaking of that, uh, as far as being a fan, I remember on the, you know, a couple of years that I worked sports, it was hard to be a fan and work the games. So it was like, uh, when you work a game, are you able to even, you know, kind of enjoy the game or is it more too busy for your mind to have to kind of enjoy what's happening. I think baseball makes it easy to be more of a fan. Okay. There are definitely high pressure moments in baseball that you've got to be ready for and you've got to you've got to turn off your fan cap for a second and produce. Like when you clinch an American League title, you can't be running around the control room high five and everybody <laughs> spilling beer everywhere. You like you still got, you know, there's now interviews that you've got to put up on the board. There are graphics that have to go certain places. There's music that's got to go, PA announcements that have to happen. There's still a process. So, but, you know, with baseball, there are many, many downtimes during the game where you can yeah. sit back and you you got to pass the time too, you know, if you're in the <laughs> middle of a brutal inning. So, you know, you're talking with everybody. You're looking at things that are happening around. We've got other baseball games on in the control room. So we're seeing what's going on around the league with our divisional rivals and just other things that are happening. So I think baseball and in terms of its pacing allows you to be a little bit more of a fan. But when those moments come that you have to work, you really do have to turn it off and and put your work cap on and say, what, what do we have to get done? Because it's very, very easy to start talking about other things and like, oh, here's how my fantasy baseball team's doing today. And then all of a sudden, whoops, we forgot to hit a very critical button for sponsorship who's doing nothing but watching televisions going, hey, where, why isn't our spot running when this event happened? Yeah. And those are the kind of things that you can't let happen um, because those will catch up to you in a hurry. When the off season is, when, when, they're not in season. Do you have time off? Is that when you just go and do gigs? Well, we def we definitely do that. Generally, if you know, the hope for us is that we're not done until the end of October. Oh, of course. Um, but w whatever that first month is, when you've kind of finished up a long season like baseball, a lot of times that's everybody's decompression month. I mean, especially for those of us in production who we don't really have much of a chance to take a vacation during the season because yeah. there's just a ton of production work to do. That's kind of the time where it's like, okay, separate, take your vacation now because if you don't, you'll never get it. 
But, I mean, you know, as soon as, you know, if, if, say, you go through October and you go through playoffs, you know, you get a kind of a month to decompress in November. December is a lot of holiday time. So you're, again, offices kind of open, closed. You know, you get a long break for, the, for, uh, for Christmas. But then you've got one month to prepare for spring training when you're out there in February. And one more month and you're on to the season. And that just, that goes fast. So, I mean, last year was my first full off season with the team. And, man, just knowing what I know now, I would have handled it completely differently. And then and, and my guys and everybody that we've got here will handle it completely differently. I mean, everybody thinks like, oh, you know, you've now you've got four months off. I mean, it's not like a summer vacation in school where you just get to like, <laughs> oh, cool, I'm going to the playground for three months. But... You know, we'll we'll get some time off, but then right away we come back right back around, and you know those are the opportunities for us to build our skills and learn new programs and things that we don't know, and just you know take advantage of those times because we've you know we've got to cut budgets, and that means we produce more. You know, so that's yeah. it's good and bad, but yeah, you'll you kind of get a little bit of a break at the beginning, but that off season is way shorter than than it initially seems. Five months actually will blow by in a, in a huge hurry so yeah um so but you definitely have to balance it because if you get caught up doing work just like i said you never will get a vacation and it's and it would be very very easy to get burned out if you don't know how to manage yourself and your in your workload versus your versus your time off you know especially in a long season like baseball worst job you ever had before you got into all the sports like a, like anything like any job what was the worst gig you ever oh, had that man. wasn't sports broadcasting? The worst thing I ever had was when I was at TCU and I was just trying to make some extra money. I did one of those um, – the funny part is I have no idea why they advertise them in the newspaper. Like if you're a fan of sports, come work for us. But it ends up being one of those uh, door-to-door things where you're selling those um, uh, those – discount cards for those auto shops that like hey <clears throat> look it's you got four oil changes and you know <laughs> a, and transmission flush and car washes uh, you know good for a year for only 50 bucks nobody wants to put 50 bucks to some dude at the door even if it's a good deal i mean like the only it, so i did that for like two months i think i i think i may have made a couple of, a couple of hundred bucks and i was really an embarrassment to salespeople everywhere uh, cause the only time I could actually sell anything was when we were in wealthy neighborhoods, but for the most part, we weren't in wealthy neighborhoods and yeah. it was just a total whip. So yeah, so I probably was an embarrassment to salespeople around the country because I am a horrible salesperson, realized right then and there that even if I wanted to work in sports all my life, it would never be in sales because <laughs> I would just, I would never hack it. But yeah, that was probably about the worst job I ever had. Everything else has been kind of like, I mean, even Starbucks wasn't bad. I hated the hours, but. It was kind of fun working there. You got free coffee. I mean, if you're going to work in the morning, you get free coffee at least. You know, you're okay. But, yeah, that was – no, that was miserable. Never again. 15-year-old kid comes up to you and says, I want to be in sports broadcasting. I want to be the production guy. I want to do what you do. What advice you give him? Change your mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I mean, I, not really. I, I kind of I say that I say that facetiously, but really, you've got to have patience. That's and and it's and it really stinks for people to know that they don't necessarily have a say on when they're going to move up. Like when I started with Starbucks, it was like, okay, in six months you will have the experience that you need to go through the training to become a shift lead, and then 
<clears throat> after six more months of being a shift lead, you can train to be an assistant manager. And you've got a pretty good career path and an idea of the time frame it's going to take to get you where you want. Yeah. In sports, you've got to intern. You've got to work in the trenches. You've got to pull cables. And I can't tell you when the opportunity is going to come up for you to move into a different position. Yeah. You just have to go out there. You have to work hard at everything you do, no matter how below you you might think it is. If you've been, you know, you've let's say you've been interning or you've had opportunities in college to produce and to, you know, run tape machines and to, you know, you know, be a uh, be a graphics associate producer. That doesn't matter to people that have been working in the television or the sports business for a long time. You're a new person, and there are a ton of new people that want to get into the business every day. But what's going to make the difference is if when you are asked to do something, be it as an intern, be it as a cable puller, as a utility, if you go out there, you do it right, and you work hard, those are the kind of things that are going to get when opportunities then come up and people go, hey, look, we have an opening now. They're not going to think necessarily about, well, this guy's been doing it for a long time, but he's been doing it, you know, eh, kind of crappy. He doesn't really care because he thinks he wants to be, you know, Mr. Producer somewhere else. I- I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the choice of the guy that I know works hard yeah. at whatever job he's given, because those are the kind of, I mean, really, in any business, but especially in this business, those are the kind of guys that you want to work with, because, you know, y- you don't want to, you don't really want to work with people who are looking like just for the next great opportunity. You know, sometimes depending on where you are, like for FC Dallas and Major League Soccer, it kind of is a stepping stone kind of job, so you understand. But it's like in in baseball, you don't want you want people that are just going to work hard until that opportunity comes up, not work hard and then a year later go well, eh, you know what? I'm not seeing an opportunity, so I'm not really going to give full effort. Yeah, and you can always tell. I mean, I, I would just say you have to have a ton of patience. You got to be willing to deal with the good times and bad in terms of money. You're probably going to have to have multiple jobs to start off with. Mm. But if the opportunity comes, you know, and and there are opportunities all over the country too, you know. So you, sometimes you got to be willing to, you know, if you, if you're stuck in one market, that's kind of limiting. But if you're willing to say take a job in Seattle when that opportunity comes up, and then a better one pops up in Chicago a couple of years later, you go to Chicago, and then hey, maybe something opens up back in your home market or whatever. You come back, but you've just got to have patience. You got to have flexibility, and like I said, probably more than anything, you got to love the long hours that <laughs> is involved both in production and in sports because you're going to lose your weekends, you're going to lose your holidays, and if you can't deal with that. You got to find a different business because yeah. that is, you. that's right. That is the way of life in production, in sports production. Yeah. Uh, are Texas Rangers, are they going to, are they going to go to the World Series this year? Man, that is a really good question. And <laughs> I would love to say yes. And I think that right now, the probably the, and one of the reasons that I took this job is that you, we've got such a great ownership group and a great baseball team in terms of the operations side, general manager, and everybody that's associated with John Daniels. At this point, if you can't give them the benefit of the doubt after two World Series appearances in a row, I don't know what kind of a fan you are. <laughs> because to me, I, I put my ultimate faith in these guys. The team, you know, while they, they flew out of the gates, it's been fun watching that and fun watching the Angels struggle with all the money they spent on Pujols and C.J. Wilson. <laughs> so as a fan, that's the fan in me talking there. But, you know, the team, the Rangers have struggled a bit lately, but 
again, it just there are going to be ups and downs in the season. We're a month in, and there's five months to go. You know, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. 162 games, and there are going to be highs and lows and injuries and successes and failures. But you just got to keep an even keel. And I think that this team, having like I said, having gone to two World Series in a row, I trust them, and and I've got full faith that they can make another deep postseason run. But once you, let's just you know let's just get there, and when once the playoffs start, you know may the best team win but i i've got a lot of faith that that they can definitely they can definitely take a run at it rare is the team that goes to three world series in a row but i i give them the benefit of the doubt I, i'm i'm excited they're fun to watch and it's it's going to be a fun fun run through the season there it is out of mike cruz's lips they will definitely win the world <laughs> series you should absolutely bet on it third time's a charm put the and, ticket down and if you lose money uh mike cruz yeah uh, <laughs> absolutely and yep. unfortunately i'm pretty easy to track down you just have to go to the rangers website so <laughs> Uh, Mike Cruz, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Rich. Living the dream. Thank you to the CEO of Comedy Podcast Network, Mr. Phil Ranta. Also, Tom Burns, Diana Lawrence. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Living the Dream Podcast. Email me, Living the Dream Podcast at gmail.com. Next week's episode, front of house audio engineer for the band Bowling for Soup. High school buddy of mine, Derek McDonald. Check that one out. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream.